Welcome to Starting Sustainability, Episode 6. I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. Hello, I'm so glad you're joining me today. Starting Sustainability is a podcast about how to get started living a sustainable lifestyle. I believe everyone can do just a little bit more to help the environment. So I'm not asking you to do everything that I'm talking about, but if you could pick one to two new things to incorporate every once in a while at least into your life, it would definitely make a huge impact in the long run. I just want you to know why I'm doing this podcast, and it's because I looked on the internet for sustainable ideas, and I found it very confusing to navigate that world on what you should do and what you should not do and doing it the right way and mostly getting it but missing out on this or that. Therefore, I created my own website. It's called startingsustainability.com. And now I've also created this podcast to introduce some of these items that I found and to help explain them and how to use them properly. That way you don't get frustrated like I did. I've talked about a handful of topics already, and today we're going to talk about cloth diapering. A little bit unconventional, I'm aware. (laughs) So when I was pregnant with my child, I had a little boy, but when I was pregnant with him, we were pinching pennies to make sure that we had enough money to take care of a newborn. So we had budgeted for childcare for babysitter because we both work full-time. And we'd also budgeted for diapers, and that was it. So my son was born, and my plan was to breastfeed. And it has been ingrained in my head how great and wonderful breastfeeding your child is. And I support it 100%. So I was very devout on this. I'm going to breastfeed. I'm going to breastfeed. I'm going to breastfeed. It's the best thing in the world. This is what I need to do for my baby. And immediately it was discovered right away that that was not going to happen. (laughs) We were in the hospital attempting to breastfeed my son every time that he was hungry and oh my gosh breastfeeding is painful and tough and you are sore and it is very very it's very hard to purposefully inflict pain onto yourself knowing how bad the pain is and that it's coming again and again and again to the point where you just fed your kid an hour ago and now it's time to feed again and you are just cringing because the pain is so bad and you know that you have to do it. So I would curl my toes and I would bite down and I would grit and I'd squirm on the inside and I would just grin and bear it and go through and breastfeed him. So now that I've had a kid and now that I'm aware of what it takes to breastfeed, I have a different viewpoint. While we were at the hospital, my son's blood sugars kept running low. They kept checking him and they were low. So They said, we we need to feed again. We need to feed again. And I'm thinking, I just fed him. I just fed him. I got to do this again. They said, we'd like to supplement with formula to get his blood sugars up. I said, yes, yes, let's do that. Please, let's, let's supplement. Whatever it takes to get his blood sugars up. That's more important at this moment in time. At the same time, I'm meeting with the lactation consultant and making sure that the latch is correct and he's eating for a long enough period of time and I told him, I said, he ate for 45 minutes, and he's still acting like he's hungry. So we continued meeting with the lactation consultant, and that's when we got into the world of pumping and expressing and everything, and it was just, it ended up being a total nightmare, and it was very heartbreaking to say that I was producing drops. 
literally drops. Not just because, oh, for the first day you have colostrum and then a little bit of drops, but I'm talking we had to continue to supplement with formula, and I continued to breastfeed for four weeks. So as a one-month-old, four weeks later, I'm still breastfeeding, and I'm still producing drops. And I did the herbal, herbal supplements. I went to support groups. Everything just drops. Six drops at a time. That was it. I'm like, I cannot. This is so much work and so much effort around the clock to wake up <laughs> and feed my kid 15, 20 minutes on each side. Then I would go pump 15, 20 minutes and I'd take all these supplements and it was every three hours around the clock for an entire month I did this to continue to get six drops. So I ended up having to rely heavily on formula and that's okay. I just wasn't accounting for the cost of formula and that's what really hurt me because now we're talking 80 to $100 a month and I did whatever I could to get coupons. <laughs> I signed up for all of the formula brands on their mommy clubs so I could get the coupons in the mail. I had my friend sign up too so that way I could get more coupons. Friends of mine who were breastfeeding who didn't need the coupons, they would give them to me. I did everything I could to keep the cost down. In the end, we budgeted $100 a month for diapers alone and now we are needing an extra $100 a month for formula and we did not have an extra. We didn't really have the first $100 a month. We definitely had a hard time coming up with the second $100 a month. So... On top of being absolutely devastated that I could not do the one thing that I was required to do, which was feed my son, now I had to go financially figure this out, how I was going to feed my son. One thing that I got at the baby shower was cloth diapers. I'm looking, I found them again. When you when you have a baby shower, you get a bunch of stuff, and when people find out you have, are expecting a child, they also give you a whole bunch of stuff. So I had a ton of stuff. I had a whole room full of baby stuff. I was going through it because I couldn't exactly remember what all I had. And a lot of things you get and you don't even realize what they are or when you're going to need them or how to use them. So I was going through and I found these six, this cute package of six cloth diapers. I thought, huh, maybe I should try these. So I just dove right in and put the diapers on the kid. And then he used up all six because at that point he was going through about 10 a day. So then I had to start looking into washing them and all of this stuff and it turns out there is a huge world with cloth diapering and that's what I'm here to discuss with you today. <laughs> this whole world of cloth diapering. So that was why I started cloth diapering. It was for financial reasons. Many people will make this choice for environmental reasons or for both. So at this point I'm doing it for both and that's fine. That's fine. Financially, I, I need to keep doing it, but also I understand now how important it is to keep doing it for the environmental. So why are disposable diapers so bad for the environment? They started mass production in the 1950s. Almost 70 years that they've been around for mass production. That's multiple generations and a whole lot of diapers. One baby uses six to eight diapers per day. So that's equivalent to about 6,500 to 10,000 diapers before they are potty trained. That is 27.4 billion plastic disposable diapers discarded every single year for 70 years. Where do these go? Well, after my kid pee pooped in his disposable diaper, I would throw it in the little diaper genie. And then when that got full, we took it to the trash to the curb, which was picked up by the garbage truck. So that meant it went to the landfill. 
Where'd it go after that? It's still there. It's still in the landfill. And this was over a year ago. How long are they going to be there? Forever. <laughs> it takes 500 years for one diaper to decompose. And that's if you have it in the proper settings with oxygen and sunlight and bacteria. If it's in a landfill, which means it's getting buried, and then each additional week more and more junk is getting on top of it, more and more layers getting buried further and further down, so less sunlight, less oxygen. Eventually it's going to get to the point of no sunlight, no oxygen. If you don't have the oxygen, you don't have the proper bacteria to break it down either. So now that 500 years has increased even longer, and it would be completely fair to say thousands of years. There are also many other issues with the chemicals in the diapers, the fecal matter that will get into the groundwater, because that's a lot of poo. Babies poo a lot. Adults poo on average once a day, sometimes twice a day, sometimes once every other day. Babies poop a lot, like three to four times a day, minimum. <laughs> so there are huge issues of that getting into the groundwater. If you really want to learn all of the details, I found a really great article by smallfootprintfamily.com. Smallfootprintfamily.com, and the article is called Dangers of Disposable Diapers. It's a very long article. I could do an entire podcast on why disposable diapers are so awful. But really, I want to do everything else about cloth diapers. So that's the environmental issue. Financially speaking, this is what saved me, because disposables were about $75 $200 a month, and that's what we budgeted for. It takes an average of 30 months to potty train a child. So if you take $75, $200 times 30 months, we're talking $2,250 to three grand per child. I'm planning on having more than one kid. That's a whole lot of money. That's literally money you're throwing away. That's what gets under my skin personally is when I buy stuff just to throw it away. I think that's the biggest misuse of money. So if you decide to go the cloth diapering route, for whatever reasons you have, if you choose to do this, that's what this podcast is for. It's going to explain what to do. So hopefully you don't run into all the hardships that I did. Because I was very much a dive right in head first and figure it out kind of person. <laughs> if you do your research, you will save a lot of headaches. <laughs> so you want to pick the right diapers. When you start telling people, I'm thinking about going cloth diapering or I'm going to do cloth diapering, especially anybody... Okay, well, I guess everybody. I was going to say those of the older generation, but pretty much everybody, unless they know about it, they all think of the stuff from the older generation, from before disposables were a thing, which is the big, pre, they called them prefolds or flats. It's just a big cotton square piece of fabric that's absorbent, and you did a special origami-type fold around the baby, and you connected it with giant safety pins. If you've ever been to a baby shower, they always have that dumb game with the safety pins, either the blue ones or the pink ones, depending on if it's a boy or a girl. And every time you say the word baby, you get somebody's pin. you got to collect all the pins. Anyways, that's where the safety pin comes from. That's why an image of a safety pin is associated with babies, because the cloth diapers would go on, and then they'd use these safety pins to put them together. They didn't have a choice. That's what they had to do. Imagine a wiggly, crying baby who's kicking and screaming, and you're trying to change the diaper, and you're trying to put this... <laughs> You have to fold it a certain way, so now the baby's wiggling and moving, it's getting unfolded, and you're trying to attach it with a safety pin, so now you're stabbing your kid on accident because they won't hold still. It wasn't a great lifestyle. 
The cloth diapers today are way significantly more user-friendly. They are fantastic. They come with little snaps or even Velcro. The Velcro ones are perfect. So it's just like a regular diaper. You have an outer shell and then the inside is all the absorbent material. We call that the insert. That's the absorbent material and then you have the outer shell so that way it doesn't get wet all the way through the diaper. And you can just Velcro it on. So on your disposables where the little tabs are, that's the Velcro part on the cloth. And you can even do it with little snaps. The snaps and the Velcro, these are all great because they grow with your kit. They are adjustable. It's one size fits all. So you don't have to sit there and monkey, is this kid a size one or a size two or a size three? Or maybe we're back to size two. Different brands, different sizes. That's all that junk with the disposables. With the cloth, you buy it one size fits all and you're done buying diapers. And it's wonderful. <laughs> so where can you get cloth diapers? There are buy, sell, trade pages on Facebook Marketplace. You can get them on Amazon. Even stores are selling them. I see them at Target and Walmart. The ones at Target and Walmart are, it's a very small amount, and I get it, because they only have so much retail space. So they only have maybe three or four. They'll have one hook with as many as they can fit on that one hook, and that is it. So you're very limited at the brick-and-mortar stores. If you go online or buy, sell, trade page, you will get so many varieties, so many options. They come for the heavy, wetter kids. They come for the chunkier kids, the kids with the skinny legs, the skinny legs and the bigger belly, the skinny belly and the thicker legs, all sorts of shapes and sizes. It's wonderful. Also, they come in fun colors. <laughs> fun colors and fun designs. I have some that have foxes on them, owls on them, bears riding bicycles. I have ones with just bicycles on them. I have one with tools on it. I got that one just for my husband because I knew he'd be really excited if the diaper had tools on it. So you can even pick out all sorts of fun, crazy designs. It just makes it, it's one little extra thing that brings joy, I guess. And you're like, oh, let's, what diaper should we wear today? And you can, it's like having underwear with fun things on it. It's just a little extra joy. It's not necessary, but it's fun. If you're going to go the buy, sell, trade route, it is very important to understand you can get the diapers individually or you can buy them as a lot, like a group of diapers as a lot. That's what I did for starting out. I didn't really know what to look for, so I just got a, a lot of diapers that had a whole bunch of diapers in it. Make sure, and I was naive, I was just like, here you go, here's the money and I'll take this chunk of diapers. Look at them first, definitely look at them first. Determine which kind of diapers you want to get. There are two main kinds. There are pre-folds and covers. So that's why I was talking about the big square, fluffy cotton pre-fold, and that's what you fold up origami style. And they don't have the safety pins anymore. They have what they call snappies now. It's basically shaped like a Y or a T, and it's silicone, and it's got little, little tiny claws on the end, itty-bitty. It's just got little grabbers, I guess I should say. So as you fold it up around the baby, you can use that snappy to attach it from the left hip, right hip, and, and down near the crotch area, and it attaches it all together. And then you would put the cover on top. So that's kind of more the old-fashioned route, where you would have the flat and the pre-fold, and then you would do the cover on top. Back in the day, the cover was basically thick rubber, <laughs> heavy-duty plastic, and kids would get the worst diaper rash from that because it can't breathe. So today it's different. They're definitely a lot more breathable. You can also go with pocket diapers. This is the route I went because these seemed a whole lot easier to me. It's 
the, the cover of the diaper with a pocket and that's where you take the absorbent insert and shove that inside. So you're not doing the pre-fold, you're not doing any origami folds, you're not messing with snappies trying to get it all attached, and then you're not trying to put a cover on. To me that was too many steps for Wiggly Kid, so I did the pocket diapers. And I, I'm still going to push for that. There are people to each their own and their own opinions. This is what worked best for me and I was looking for the simplest thing. <laughs> so this was the route that I went. Once you've determined what kind of diapers you get, if you're going to do buy sale trade. The reasons that they do that is because they are a lot cheaper and you're not sure there's so many different brands and styles of diapers you don't know what kind to get. Think of like underwear for us. There's different styles and there's different brands and they all have different fits and you want to get ones that are going to fit your baby correctly. So that's why they'll encourage do buy sell trade and do a variety until you figure out which ones work best for you, the Velcro or the Snap or this type of pocket or that type of insert. Figure out what works best for you and then you go buy a bunch of that kind that works best for you. I got very fortunate. I guess I had a very neutral baby. Most anything I put on him fit. I didn't really have any ill-fitting diapers on my kid. So that, that worked out well for me. It's going to be different for everybody else. But if you do the buy-sell trade route, check out the elastic. Make sure that when you get the diaper, you're checking out the elastic, that it's actually is taut, it's tight. When you pull it, it stretches. When you let go, it retracts. I got some diapers where they did not do that. <laughs> I was very naive. They did not do that. So make sure you're getting the good elastic. You want to be a nice form, a nice tight fit around the thighs and around the backside. Also check out the PUL, the polyurethane liner. That is the basic liner of the cover and on the pocket diapers, it's gonna be on the inside. So the pocket diaper, put your hand inside and flip it inside out. Check the PUL, it's basically the shiny material because that's what's going to be the water, the liquid resistant layer. It needs to be firmly fixed. Like it, it should not be, it should not be two separate layers. And on some of my diapers, it was two separate layers, but I didn't know that that was a bad thing. There shouldn't be any holes in it. There shouldn't be any damage because that's your waterproof layer. It should not be stretched out. It should definitely be affixed to the fabric and be all one smooth piece. Once you get used diapers, then you have to undergo the process of stripping and sanitizing them. This is only for used diapers. If you get new diapers, brand new diapers, it's not a big deal. If stripping means that you have to remove hard mineral buildup, so you do not know what the previous owner did. So you want to make sure that those diapers are good to go for you. What I'm saying is the previous owner, if they wash them improperly, if they had hard water, then you're going to have a mineral buildup on those diapers. And you don't know how long that they had them. If they had multiple kids, that's a lot of washing. That's, couple, that's years with multiple washings. And so hard minerals can build up on the diaper and actually make it repellent. So that's why you have to do the stripping process. I'm not going to go into depth on the stripping process. I will definitely give you a resource on where to go on how to do that. <laughs> It's called Fluff Love University. That is the website. I'm not getting any money for this. It's Fluff Love University Fluff because they are fluffy butts. Because <laughs> with cloth diapers, they are thicker, so your baby has a butt that's twice as big as every other baby. But it's really easy to spot your baby. So it's called Fluff Love University. They also have a Fluff Love Facebook group. The Facebook group is really designed for troubleshooting and getting through any problems that you might have. So you'll go on there and see all these issues and think, oh my gosh, this is going to be 
these, was this a good idea? What was I thinking? Everybody's having all these troubles. Just remember, it's a troubleshooting area. It's only going to attract those who are having troubles. <laughs> Everybody that's fine and dandy isn't on there because they don't need to be. But anyways, that's where you would go for step-by-step -step instructions on how to strip. And it's you don't just have to strip for diapers. Like if you have towels that have a hard mineral buildup, you can do this process on your towels and make them soft and fuzzy again. Then you'll also need to sanitize the used diapers. And the reason for that is because you don't know the previous baby that wore the diapers, if they had a yeast infection or if they had anything else going on. It's still private parts and private parts. If you were to get somebody else's underwear, you would make sure that it was very, very clean too. You want to make sure that your diapers fit properly. They need to fit like underwear. So the part that goes around the legs, between the legs, around the hip area, that needs to line up like your underwear does, like a pair of briefs underwear, if I need to be specific, like brief underwear. So that's where the diaper needs to go, and it needs to be formed fitting. So put it on the baby, make it tight. When you have diapers that snap on, you almost, if you're OCD <laughs> slightly like I am, okay, well, I went in three snaps on the right side, so I must go in three snaps on the left side. Sometimes it's going to be three and two. Sometimes it's going to be one and three. If your baby's moving around on you, you're just trying to get it on. So just get the diaper on the best that you can and just make sure that it's fitting tightly and don't worry about how many the number of snaps that has to be matched up differently. Just get it on. Make sure that it's tight. Once it's on, especially when they're younger before they get to the wiggling around stage, that's definitely going to be the best time to learn. Get the diaper on and then grab their legs and make them do like a tuck position where you put their knees up to the chest and you check all around and make sure there aren't any gaps anywhere around the legs, around the backside. So kind of move the baby in different positions and check that. But it should be nice and snug and firm up onto the baby. That's your best way to avoid any leaks out the side. Because if there's a gap, you're getting leaks. It's okay to have a little bit of a gap around the tummy because your tummy is soft. So a, a little one. You don't want a gigantic gap, but a little one is perfectly okay. Oh, the other thing that I did not mention about the pockets versus the pre well, with the pocket diapers, well, and you could do this with the pre-folds as well. There are different ways to fold and stuff them if you have a boy or a girl. So I had a little boy, and I noticed right away with the disposable diapers, because I was using them, I, was, I didn't know about, this was right when we first had him. I put the disposable diaper on, <laughs> and then 10 minutes later we'd pick him up and he'd be all wet on his right side. And we're like, what the heck? So we changed the diaper. I'm like, the diaper's still dry, so try it again, put it on, get it nice and snug. Change his outfit. An hour later, just his belly would be all wet. We're like, why is your belly all wet? And the diaper is still dry. We're like, what in the world? We knew the diaper was dry because it has that little stripe that goes down the middle that's yellow. When it gets wet, it turns blue. It took us longer than it should have to figure out that he's the boy and you have to point the wee-wee down. You have to point the wee-wee down because that's where the absorbent material is. So with the disposable diaper, the absorbent material is only down. It's not to the side. It's not to the top. With a cloth diaper, you stuff it any way you want or you fold it any way you want, and you can make it all absorbent. So that's another reason why I really like the cloth diapers. I didn't have to point the wee-wee down. The wee-wee could point wherever the heck it wanted to, and the diaper would still soak it all up, and he would have dry outfits. So that's important to know. <laughs> that was a huge bonus for us. When it comes to the different inserts, I just talked about how to fold them and fit them and stuff them. There's different types of inserts. All the diapers that you buy 
99% of the time they come with a microfiber insert. Whether you want it or not, it's coming. You're getting the microfiber insert, and it's not bad. That's still going to be the quickest absorber. However, it acts like a sponge. And then once it's full and then the baby sits down, it's like a sponge. So it can squish out, and that's where you get compression leaks. So a lot of people like to switch away from the microfiber for that reason. Another type of insert is a charcoal bamboo, which is basically microfiber with a layer of bamboo on top. All of these inserts are white. When you get the charcoal bamboo, it is gray. And people like that because then you cannot see the stains. I don't have an issue with stains. We'll talk about that when we get to how to launder these, but I don't have an issue with stains. <laughs> no one's seeing it. It's literally stuffed inside the diaper. Nobody is seeing it, but that's my own two cents. So you get the microfiber, the charcoal bamboo, then you can have cotton, 100% cotton, just plain bamboo, or hemp. So the difference between charcoal bamboo, remember that's microfiber with a layer of bamboo, then you can get to cotton, then you go to only bamboo, and then only hemp. So the, the order that I have presented these to you, microfiber, charcoal bamboo, cotton, bamboo, then hemp. That is the order of the amount that they can hold. So the microfiber will absorb it the quickest, but it holds the least because it squishes out the side. Cotton is in the middle. Bamboo is going to hold more. Hemp is going to hold the most. So if you're planning on having your child in a cloth diaper overnight for a long period of time, if you're going to be stuck on an airplane where you're not going to be able to change them, you're supposed to change them every two hours. Whether it's a disposable or a cloth, you're supposed to change them every two hours. That's for any of them. That's just to get airflow down there and reduce your chances of diaper rash and everything, just so you know. So some people didn't know because the disposables have that little stripe and it tells you when to change your kid. And the cloth diapers do not have that little stripe. You just remember every two hours. So I'd put it on, i say it's 8 a.m., so I'm doing all evens. Every time it was 10, 12, 2, 4, that's when I knew it was time to change the diaper. You can also... Well, when it comes to poo, you can smell it, so you just change it right away. <laughs> you change the poo right away, because that's going to be the quickest cause of diaper rash over anything else. So you change that one right away. You don't wait on time on that one. Anyways, so back to what I was saying. I'm sorry, I, got, I digressed. Of the different inserts, I went through the order of, absorb, of how much it absorbs and the speed that it absorbs. When you have a little baby newborn one, two, three months, the microfiber is just fine. It's going to absorb everything. You're not going to have issues. It'll be time to change the diaper. But as your baby gets bigger and the bladder gets bigger and they're drinking more and they're peeing more, sometimes you have to put two layers of inserts in there. I've heard of moms doing two, three, and four layers of microfiber and the baby's outfits are always wet because that's where we're getting the compression leaks. It's acting like a sponge. It's too much. And it's also very thick and hard to stuff in there. Now their butt is very, very fluffy. So now you want to pair a microfiber with a cotton or pair a microfiber with a bamboo or a hemp. And you want the microfiber to be the one on top because it's going to absorb the quickest. If you only do, for example, two hemp inserts, yeah, they absorb the most, but they absorb the slowest. So your baby's going to pee on them and all, it's going to flood it, just like when you go pee. It's going to flood it, and it's the hemp will not be able to absorb it as quickly as it's coming out. So that's why you want to pair up a microfiber with the hemp or the microfiber with the bamboo. If you're anti-microfiber, then you can do the cotton. It's still going to absorb it faster than the bamboo or the hemp. So pick and choose whichever 
fabric you're more comfortable with for your own environmental reasons, and that's okay. Once your baby has gone to the bathroom, <laughs> um, what do you do? <laughs> that's what I ran into. I said, okay, I have all these diapers and now they're dirty. What do I do with them? So what do you do with them? You, if you have the pocket ones, you want to separate them. If you have the pre-folds in the covers, well, you're already separating just by taking them off. So pull the inserts out of the pocket. So yeah, you're going to have to touch the wetness. The long, If it's ooey gooey to you, I promise the longer you're a mom, the less that's going to be an issue. You're going to get used to messes from your child and a lot of bodily fluids. You'll get used to it. So to separate them out, just be prepared. If you need to do gloves, I always just wash my hands afterwards. So separate them out and put them, I'll okay, so that's what you want to do. You want to separate them out and then you s store them somewhere. You don't want to throw them away because you've paid money for these, so you don't want to throw them away. There are different things to do for storage. We're going to come back to that. So that's what you do. If, if it's pee, just separate them, put them in your storage area. If it's poo, yeah, because that's the number one question. What do you do if it's poo? There's a couple of things you can do. You can use wipes and just grab it and throw it away. You can take a spatula and peel it off and knock it into the toilet, which also sounds disgusting because now you got to figure out where to put that spatula. You never want to use that on food again. The easiest one is a bidet sprayer. If you don't know what a bidet sprayer is, it's a little sprayer on the back of your toilet. They are not common here in the U.S. I'm in Europe, they're more common. I think richer people have them. I don't really know. They're just not common for us. But it's a little sprayer, just like your kitchen sink has a little sprayer that you can grab, pull up. It's got a little hose on it. You can spray your pots and pans with it, making it easier to do dishes. It's a sprayer exactly like that, except it attaches to your toilet. It attaches to the clean water line, so don't panic about that. And then you just lift the toilet seat up. It's easier if you take the absorbent inserts out of the diaper first, because all the poo is going to be on top. It's going to be stuck to the top layer of the pocket on the diaper. So take the inserts out. All the poo's gonna be on the pocket diaper. Grab the sprayer and spray it down. So there is gonna be a little bit of art and technique to this so that way you don't get a flooded pooey mess and fecal matter all over the place. So you can do that. There are diaper spray shields and a whole bunch of other things that you can use that cost more money. I just make sure that I spray at a downward angle. I'll lift up the toilet seat and the toilet cover and then the seat part, the toilet lid and the seat part and put the diaper against that so that way it's a little back wall shield. And I have the diaper down into the bowl of the toilet and I spray and I use the bowl of the toilet to act as a shield. But there are special shields that you can use to contain the spray. There's a bunch of other gadgets. Just start with a bidet sprayer. Be careful. A lot of people think they need to get the absolute most powerful sprayer in order to get all the poo out. It will be very effective. However, you're also going to get a lot of back spray come misting right back at you because it is very powerful. So it's going to mist everywhere else in the bathroom. So I don't think that you need the absolute most powerful one, probably somewhere in the middle because you don't want it too weak. If it's too weak, it's not coming out either. So you just want one in the middle. And that, this is all during when your baby's poo is basically liquid diarrhea the whole time. As they get older, I've noticed, I think my son is one right now. Once he hit around eight, nine months, I think, his poo started to form and become more solid. And we're actually at a really nice stage now where I can just flick it. I can just open up the diaper and the poo is a nice firm stool. And I can just go to the 
toilet and just flick it in there. <laughs> I don't even have to spray it anymore. So that's really nice. Okay, so once you have your dirty diapers, what do you do with them? How do you store the dirty diapers? You'll see lots of places where it says get a hamper with holes in it, keep it in an open room that's breezy, and then you won't have any issues at all. That's hogwash. I had many, many issues. I could not ever, no matter how breezy the room was or how many holes were in the hamper. So my solution was I bought a trash can from Walmart for $10, one with a lid. I wanted a lid. And I'll tell you why in just a second. Then you get a large wet bag. So if you don't know what a wet bag is, it is a very large bag, like the size of a laundry sack that you'd put your dirty clothes in. And it has that same PUL liner on it. So it's a cloth bag, which is better than a plastic trash bag. It's a cloth bag, but it's large and it will go inside of your trash can. And it has that PUL liner. So that's where you throw all of your dirty diapers. We ended up having to put it out in the garage because no matter what I did, no matter how many air fresheners I had, it just smelled. Well, in our other issues, I'm not doing laundry every single day because that was one of the solutions. We'll just wash them at the end of the day. Mm, nope, I don't think so. So I wash these diapers once a week. So once a week, I have to do two extra loads of laundry. We'll get to the laundering process, but for anybody who's worried about that, it's really not that much extra laundry. Anyways, let's get back to the point. Put them in a trash can with a lid, use the large wet bag, put it in the garage. Problem solved. <laughs> you can make it much more complicated. You can read the forums, do your searching research online. There are many more ways to make that much more complicated than it needs to be, but that was what worked for us to keep the smell down. And then for the high changing areas, like in his bedroom, we have a two-story house, so I have a changing station in his bedroom, and then I have a changing station downstairs. So I found two little hampers, smaller ones that are maybe a foot tall, just little tiny laundry baskets, plastic ones, and I'll explain why on that. So that way they, they were easy to rinse out if I needed to rinse them out. That's what I wanted was to do a quick wipe down. So I'll use those in the changing areas. So that way we can throw the diapers in there, not the poo diapers, just the pee diapers. So I can throw those in there. And then every two to three days, grab those and collect them and run them to the garbage. That way you don't have to run to the garage to your little diaper garbage bin in the garage to your diaper hamper, I should say. That way you don't have to do it every single time there's a diaper. So I had little collection areas. That was a lot easier for my husband because what ended up happening is he would just take the diaper off and throw it on the floor. He'd throw it on the bed. He would throw it in. He would just throw it wherever he was. It would be on the couch. I'm like, you can't do that. <laughs> there are dirty diapers all over this house. This is disgusting. So I had to get these little hampers so he had a place to put them because with the disposables, he knew to put them in, in the genie, but with the cloth, he didn't know where to put them. So anywhere was what made sense in his mind but that's where men differ from women. <laughs> so I created a spot, a signed spot on where to put them. It is important to empty those bins every two to three days and then run them out to your big, dirty waste basket. The reason for that is because baby pee will break down over time and it will turn into ammonia and it smells bad. So you will start smelling it after a few days. Hmm, it's a little musty. It's going to have a musty smell at first and then it's going to get to that ammonia smell. So that's why we run them to the garage. And it does take a while. It takes about a week. So I wash them once a week because I have time on the weekends because I work during the week. So I have time on the weekends and around seven days is when they start getting really stinky. So it's time to smell them at that time to smell them. Time to wash them at that point. Okay, so let's go over what I miss. 
Oh, I missed talking about I got the trash can with the lid. One, it helps hold the smell in, and two, it keeps the bugs out. That was why I did that. And I got the one with the swinging lid, so I didn't even have to sit there and lift it up. I could just toss the diaper right in. Other things that I need to talk about daily use with the diapers. So at some point, your child will have diaper rash. I don't know anybody who's had a baby that never, ever got diaper rash. It's coming. So what do you do? There are millions of diaper rash creams out there, and that's wonderful, fine, and dandy. However, majority of them have petroleum in it, and the issue with petroleum is that it acts as a repellent. So it's great on your baby's skin because it's a repellent, so you don't have to worry about any of the urine or poo or anything getting up in there and making the diaper rash worse. However, it will get onto your cloth, and it will not come off. No matter what you do, it's petroleum. It's designed to not come off, so it's not a good ingredient to have. That's where it's very important to use a natural diaper cream. The best one, I did a whole bunch of research. The number one ingredient is the zinc. I think it's zinc oxide, but it's the zinc that's in there. That is the skin protectant. So I found Bordeaux's natural butt paste. So you have Bordeaux's regular butt paste. It's in a big red tube. The Bordeaux's natural butt paste in green has the highest concentration of that zinc that I could find and that's the number one ingredient that I wanted. I understand what I'm saying. That Bordeaux's butt po the Bordeaux, bleh, Bordeaux's natural butt paste comes in a plastic tube. Is it recyclable? Probably not. You can also use coconut oil if you want and cornstarch. Those are really great at preventing the diaper rash, but once you get there and if it gets really bad and my kid has gotten bad diaper rash to the point he had bleeding sores on it and I felt so horrible. So I went and got the Bordeaux because I needed something a whole lot stronger than coconut oil and cornstarch. To each their own, you use what works for you. But when you see your baby's creases are bleeding and when you start to change the diaper and the baby starts freaking out and crying because of how much pain it's going to be when you wipe it, it breaks your heart. You'll do whatever it takes to get your baby comfort again. Do the Bordeaux natural butt paste or any other type of natural cream. You can use whatever kind you want. As long as it's just basically look for and make sure it does not have petroleum in it. And again, Fluff Love University will have a whole long list of things that are acceptable and not acceptable when it comes to diaper creams. And they'll keep you straight. So if you're really not sure, you can go to that website and pull up that list and find out. You can also use the baby powder, which I know is a no-no. The baby powder is a no-no. The talc powder is a huge no-no, but their most baby powders now are made from cornstarch already. That's their base and that's okay. And so I have found baby powder that does have zinc in it. So I will also use, if the diaper rash gets really bad, especially when they're teething, I don't know what it is, but when they are teething, the diaper rash is always 10 times worse. Somebody told me teething makes their poop acidic. I do not know that for a fact, 100%. I didn't research that, but I did notice that every time a tooth comes in, the diaper rash is rampant. So we will do the butt paste and we will also do the baby powder cornstarch that has zinc in it. And that seems to be a very good magic trick. If you take your child to daycare, that can be tricky doing cloth diapering because some daycares allow it and some don't. How do you get around that? First, ask them if they allow it. It's becoming more and more acceptable. A lot of times they'll say no due to sanitation issues which is hogwash. So ask, just kind of remind them and ask a, I walked them through and said, okay, so your concern is sanitation. I get that. So if a baby's in a disposable diaper and they have a big blowout, 
If you're a new mom and you don't know what a blowout is, I'll explain. It's when poop shoots up the back and down the legs because the diaper was not on properly or the diaper got full. And it will do that. It'll shoot right out. And everybody in disposable diapers has experienced that. You know what's great about cloth diapers? It's elastic, so the poop isn't shooting out all over the place. My child has never, ever had a poop explosion in cloth diapers. Every time that has happened, he has been in a disposable diaper. So I was at the very, very beginning of his life for like the first month or two until I discovered cloth diapers. And we also did disposable when we were traveling on an airplane because I did not want to have to carry around a poopy diaper <laughs> with me in my diaper bag. <laughs> That's a really good added bonus is that you will not have poop explosion with the cloth diapers. Anyway, so let me get back to it. So if, if a child in a disposable has a poop explosion, which means it's going to be all over their shirt and their pants, what's the procedure? Do you throw those away? No, they usually put them in a plastic sack and send them home with the kid. Well, how is that any different than putting the cloth diaper in there? There's not really a whole lot of difference. That was the leg that I stood on to get it pushed through. Also, a lot of times the daycares, they're not aware of cloth diapers and they immediately think of the olden days of having to fold it a certain way and having to use safety pins and putting on a big cover, which is too many steps. They've got too many other kids that they got to watch. They need something that's fast and quick and simple. Don't be afraid to go in there one day, go in a little bit early, just say, hey, let me show you something real quick and change a diaper in front of them and explain it to them and show them how to use it. I did that with my daycare provider and she was much more comfortable after seeing it. Even though I told her it's not old fashioned, it's new, it's easy, I had to physically go in and show her and it clicked. She was perfectly okay with it and definitely willing to give it. And she told me, I'm willing to give it a try. She did not commit to it. She said, I'm willing to give it a try. I said, that'd be great. I appreciate you trying. Just at least try. Worst case scenario, you might have to do disposables at daycare and cloth at home. You're still helping. You're still helping yourself financially because now you've cut your costs in half at least. And you're still helping the environment because you've reduced that by half. And now there are even some new diapers that are made of bamboo, that are decomposable, biodegradable. They are a lot more pricey, I'm not going to lie, they are more pricey. So if you're doing this for financial reasons, cloth is still the way to go. But anyways, when it comes to traveling, whether you're traveling to daycare and back, or you're traveling on an airplane, you're traveling in a long car ride, what are you going to do with these diapers? So remember that large wet bag that I talked about to put all of the dirty diapers in so that way at the end of the week you could wash them? They make travel wet bags. They're, ooh, I don't have one in front of me right now, but I'm going to say it's about the size of a laptop, maybe a little bit bigger, and you can usually get about six, five to six diapers in there. Just bring those to daycare. Bring one with you. They fold up very, very small. And honestly, even if you don't want the, if you don't want the cloth diaper in your wet bag, <laughs> these are still really awesome for when your kid just makes a mess all over their shirt. Now they have a wet shirt or wet pants or if they have a leak or whatever, if, even if you're still doing the disposable diapers, if I haven't talked you into the cloth ones by now, you can still utilize the wet bags forever and always. They are great to have. Think of like the Walmart plastic sack where a lot of times you take it traveling with you just in case you get stuck out in the rain and your shoes and your socks are all wet and muddy. You could throw them in that bag. You can now throw them in the wet bag. The wet bags wash. You wash those too. You wash everything. It's wonderful. I love these things. So I use them for the diapers. I also use them for a lot of other things in our life now that, I've, now that I'm aware that they exist. Take the wet bags to the daycare. I just take them all at the beginning of the week. I take all the diapers for the week and I take the wet bags because they just they have storage spots there at daycare. 
And then at the end of every day, I pick up my kid and I pick up the wet bag that has the dirty diapers and I come home. So I'm taking the dirty diapers home with me every day at the end of the day. So the daycare lady doesn't have to worry about storing them long term. And I told her, just wipe it, leave everything in there, just like a disposable. Wipe the kid down, put the wipes in the diaper, fold it all up, shove it in the wet bag. I will do everything when I get home. And it takes me, every single day when I get home, it takes me less than 10 minutes to go through that bag. And that's including spraying out the poopy diapers and separating them and getting them out to the garage where I have our bin. It's probably not even 10 minutes. It's probably more like six or seven. But anyways, let's get back to this. When it comes to laundering them, so now you've used them all week long, you're out of diapers, and your bin is full. It's time to wash them. What do you do? First, you need to pick out your detergent. Again, I recommend going to Fluff Love University or at least onto their Facebook group. Go to flufflauniversity.com or to their Facebook group and join in. They have an entire list. These guys are the absolute professionals. They do this all day, every day. I learned about this enough to figure out what works for me, and I'm sharing that with you. If you want to do something different than what I've done, there is a way to do it. I'm just asking that you go to Fluff Love University and use their guidelines. So pick out the detergent that you want to use. Almost all of them are acceptable. There are a few guidelines. The brand All is not because that's really more of a soap and it forms a buildup on the diapers. And the more stuff that builds up, the less absorbent they are. So avoid All, which stinks because when I first started doing this, I had All. (laughs) So I had to switch. Avoid anything that has a fabric softener in it. I did not know this. Fabric softeners also build up on on your fabrics over time and make them less absorbent. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, here I am thinking my towels are not as soft as they used to be. So I'm putting in fabric softener, even extra fabric softener, trying to get them to soften up, (laughs) and they're not, because all I'm doing is making the issue worse. (laughs) Don't use the fabric softener on your diapers or your towels. If your child has sensitive skin, avoid the ones that have scent. That's easy to say and avoid fabric softener by itself. When it comes to homemade detergents, just beware. Just beware. Because I don't know how you made that, what recipe you made that, neither does Fluff Love. They don't know what recipes, ingredients. There's a million different ways to make homemade detergent. The biggest thing is vinegar. And it's not that it's bad on your clothes. It's it's very tough on your machine and it will ruin the rubber seals of your machine. And I have seen pictures online of washing machines that weren't very old where the whole rubber seal has gone bad because the acid in the vinegar ate at it and wore it out. So be very careful using vinegar in your homemade detergent. Stain removers, pretty much all of them are okay. This is what cracks me up. Because I told you it's a troubleshooting website. So I went there and I would read all these posts about people and their stain removers. And is this okay? Is that okay? And it's cracking me up just because I'm like, it's about... The only thing that stains is the poo. And they're just going to poo on it again. So I don't understand why you keep fighting to get the stains out. Also, it's going on your... Nobody's going to see it. <laughs> it's it's the part of the diaper that wraps up around your baby. Nobody sees it. It's not on the outside of the diaper. It's on the inside. That's just my own personal bit, but you can pretty much use any stain remover. The absolute best one, believe it or not, is sunlight. If you have a nice sunny day or if it's cold outside, even if it's cold outside but still sunny, you have access via the window, just putting the inserts and the diapers in the sun, it doesn't even take 20 minutes. You'll go back out there and they are nice, bright white. And that's good for all clothing items, not just the diapers. That is the fastest, easiest way to get rid of those stains. But again, I'm not even bothering with it because I know it's an endless battle. They're just going to keep pooping on them, so I'm not worried about it. Avoid using bleach routinely. 
I mentioned earlier that you'll have to sanitize and strip the diapers and there is bleach involved in that process and they go fluff love university goes through a very detailed way of doing that to make sure that it's safe for your baby but try not to use it routinely if you're worried about stains do other forms or do the sunlight really they're only going to ask you to do it for if there's a yeast infection stripping and sanitizing that's it that's really the only time that you should be using bleach well i use at home and i might get criticized for this I use Tide Original. That's the most popular one, and the reason for that is because it comes with enzymes. And the enzymes break down a lot of the yucky stuff that's trapped in the diaper. It comes out very clean. There are very few issues with it. It's one of the more popular ones because it works so effectively, and it really does get all the stains out. I have not had issues with stains. If it doesn't come out after that first wash, when I wash it a second time, it comes out then. If you want to do plant-based detergents, that's perfectly fine. They must be washed on hot water. They absolutely must be washed on hot water. And I wanted to be able to wash on cold water because I was concerned. Money was very tight, so I was very concerned about our electric bill going up by heating it all up. So I had mentioned earlier using the, the basic detergents and getting away from fabric softener and even scents. Scent crystals are okay to use, so if you want your diapers to smell good, it is okay to use the scent crystals. Again, if you're baby sensitive, be weary on that. So the trick to washing cloth diapers is you have to wash them twice. That's pretty much it. It's too low. You just have to wash them twice. I'm not saying wash, dry, and then wash again. You wash it, and then you wash it again, and then you move it to the dryer. That's it. <laughs> it's really not that much extra work. It's very simple. Way easier than running to the store every single week at midnight because you ran out of diapers. You gotta, you cannot run out of those. <laughs> so I'd rather do the wash routine versus running to the store at 2 a.m. because we ran out of disposables. Anyways, if you have a top loader washer, it needs to be at a stew-like consistency. I personally have a front loader washer. If you have a front loader washer like I do, it needs to be two-thirds to three-quarters full. How do you know that it's full? Because it's a front loader. It's literally going full like up and down. So you can take a tape measure and measure the diameter of your washer and figure out where the two-thirds line would be and the three-quarters line would be, and you're going to fill it up to where that line would be. If it is not full enough, if it's less than two-thirds, it will not properly get cleaned because with a front loader, it uses the clothes to agitate on itself. With a top loader, it has an agitator in the middle, so it's not that big of a deal. But with a front loader, the clothes are being the agitator's on themselves. So if you don't have enough, it won't agitate and it won't get properly clean. And if you're like my husband and you cram it completely full to where you can't get anything else in there, also not enough room for the clothes to even move around so they cannot agitate on each other and get properly clean. So the magic part is two-thirds to three-quarters full. That's where you need to get the diapers to fill up. Test your water. If you have hard water, if you have soft water, your life is easy. If you have hard water, now you need to figure out the hardness of the water and you need to use borax to get that under control because the minerals in the hard water will attach and stick to your clothing. Also another reason why my towels are really hard and stiff. <laughs> and again, it will stick to your clothing and it will stick to the diapers. And over time, you're going to get a mineral buildup. What does that mineral buildup do? You got it acts as a repellent, <laughs> makes it harder for them to absorb. We really, really want your diapers to absorb. Fluff Love University, again, will describe at what, so you have to measure the 
hardness of your water, and then Fluffla will tell you how much borax to use. For the most part, it's going to be a half of a cup. Just so you know, if it's ridiculously hard, it's probably going to be a little bit more. So I told you you had to wash them twice. The first time you wash them is called the pre-wash. This is going to be whatever is dubbed as your normal wash. These are very dirty and disgusting, so you're going to wash them just like they're very dirty and disgusting. They're tough. Don't do the delicate cycle. You want to do your normal, super duty, heavy duty, whatever is your highest level setting on washing. No matter what detergent you're using, it's pretty much going to be line one or two on your scoop or your cap. You only need a little bit. You're thinking, what? Because this is the pre-wash. You only need a little bit of soap. For the most part, you're basically rinsing out the diapers at this. That's why a lot of people, when they take the diaper off their baby and they separate it out, they immediately go to the sink and then they rinse it. I'm like, well, that's that's really a waste of time because you're going to do it in the pre-wash. Save yourself time. Time is everything. Save it for the pre-wash. So you only need a little tiny bit of soap because the pre-wash is basically rinsing the diapers out. When it's done, you need to peel all the diapers off of the wall of the drum of your washing machine. Get your hand down in there, peel them all off. If you've got a front loader, spin it around, peel them all off, and then do the wash again. You're going to do it again, the same settings as heavy duty for the dirtiest food dirtiest foods, dirtiest clothing items possible. This time, you're going to do it for the full amount of your detergent. For me, it's like line four, line five. For your scoop or your cap, you're going to do the full amount. Wash it again on the same settings. When you're done washing, now you got to dry it. So you're going to move them to the dryer. Supposedly, it's okay on high heat. However, I have heard of horror stories of the PUL liner on the covers or on the pocket diapers, I've heard of that melting <laughs> and people have lost a lot of money because they just ruined all their diapers. I do mine on low heat. I do it like they're delicates. So wash them like they're normal, but dry them like they're delicates. That worked best for me to dry them like they're delicates. So I use the low heat setting. Usually I have to run it twice. That's okay. I'd rather be safe than sorry. So I do that. Some people will go out and hang these all up because they're so afraid of the dryer. They're really going to be okay on the low setting, I promise. <laughs> you cannot use dryer sheets because they contain fabric softener. So I did that. I did not use the dryer sheets. And my diapers came out very stiff, very tough. And I was like, what the heck? So I looked it up. The answer to that, wool dryer balls. I did not even know these existed. Whether you're drying diapers or any other clothing item, this is a great thing. <laughs> because how much are those dryer sheets? First of all, they're just covered in smell good. You buy them so you can use them once and then you throw them away. Not my philosophy, not a fan. The wool dryer balls, you can use it on everything. Well, I guess unless you have a wool allergy, they do have alternatives. The wool dryer balls, that box, backtracking, back to the fabric softener sheets, that box is between like five and eight dollars. And that box lasts a couple of months, maybe. These wool dryer balls, you'll get a pack of six of them on Amazon and they're about five to six dollars. And you just throw those, in. you literally put all the diapers into the dryer, put all six of the wool balls into the dryer, turn it on, you're going to hear like little thuds going on because the balls are heavier and they're bouncing around in there. But they're awesome because they're bouncing around, they're keeping your clothes fluffy so you don't have a glob of clothes going around and around getting dry. It's separating them all, getting better airflow so they get drier and it breaks because it's bouncing around, it's keeping them soft so they're not getting that stiff dry. Now your clothes won't have that fragrance because the wool balls, they are not scented. 
I did read somewhere that you could put essential oils in there. However, I've read a lot of other places that said that was really not a good idea. <laughs> so I don't recommend doing that. And now you're going to get oil stains on your clothes, and that was the biggest concern. If you're really, really wanting to smell good on the diapers, earlier I said you can use the scent crystals in the wash, and then they will still smell good when they come out of the dryer. Setting up. This is the dreaded part. <laughs> Using them, separating them, spraying them out, washing them, drying them. This is the part that most people complain about, and that's basically setting up the diapers. So stuffing them. You gotta put, if you're using the pocket diapers, you gotta stuff them. If you're doing the pre-folds and the covers, no stuffing at all. So that's where a lot of people choose the pre-folds and the covers because you don't have to stuff it all. But it is multiple steps to get it on your kid and to get it off your kid. I still prefer the pockets. I really don't mind stuffing the diapers all that much. I usually just, that's my excuse to sit down and watch TV. I was like, I'm going to watch TV because I have to sit here and stuff the diapers anyways. <laughs> so you take the inserts and you shove them in. And this is where, like I mentioned earlier with the boys and the girls, on how you can stuff them differently depending on what kind of child you have, what gender child you have. This is where that would come in. All right, so I'm pretty sure we've covered just about everything that I can think of at this moment in time for cloth diapers. I'm sure there are many more questions and that's perfectly okay. <laughs> when I first started on the cloth diapering journey, I remember talking to my mom. Now I'm the youngest of eight kids and I was an unplanned, <laughs> I was unplanned. My parents were 44 and 46 when they had me. So my parents are now 79 and 77. And I asked my mom, how did you do it? back in the day because the very first kid they also had her unexpectedly that's a long story but they were 18 when they had my sister my oldest sister and they did cloth diapers because that's what was normal back then disposable diapers were invented but at that point they were still new and catching on and very expensive so they did the cloth diaper out and I was asking I was having troubles trying to figure out my wash routine and how to wash these diapers and everything and I was asking my mom and she said I don't know what do you mean you don't know how do you not know didn't you do this for you have eight children. You did this for decades. We had diaper services back in the day. What? Yeah, they had a diaper service. They had a truck that would come by once a week and it would drop off all these clean, ready-to-go diapers and it would pick up a bag of all the dirty diapers. So my mom never had to wash any of the diapers. So I looked into that because that sounds like a good idea. It's not as popular as it once was because cloth diapers are not as popular as they once were. However, diaper services do exist. They are still in existence. So if you are doing this for environmental reasons and you want to make life easier, you can totally use a diaper service. They're pretty much going to be in the cities and they are pricey. So for me, it was a no-go because my main motivator on this was for financial reasons. So to pay for a diaper service wasn't worth it for me. But if it's worth it to you, marvelous. But I'm just letting you know that that is an option. And again, I want to reiterate on the resources of Fluff Love University and the Fluff Love Facebook group and the Fluff Love Buy Sell Trade. And that's where you can exchange out your diapers. The diapers, they do hold their value. So if you're not sure between brand new and used, I, I did use because I thought that, that was a better way to get a whole bunch of them to save on money, to get a variety of them to figure out what's going on. Also, I still didn't really, I don't really like to purchase brand new. I prefer to do use just for the sake of reduce, reuse, recycle, to get reuse out of it. They're still good, let's keep using them. And I'm supporting a mom. Everybody is trying to be financially smart and savvy when it comes to being a mom and raising a family. 
I had parents who donated a bunch of clothes to my son and I greatly appreciate that because that saved me a ton of money and I don't mind supporting another mom if I had to go buy diapers from her that's perfectly okay and when you're done with the diapers you can resell them they hold their value the cheapest ones that are still of good quality are Alva's A-L-V-A Alva's Alva baby actually I think but it's the Alva brand they do come from China so that's your own viewpoint they do come with a plastic wrapper on them sorry about that you have to focus on the big, big things. It's very hard to do sustainable perfectly, but you're going to put in your best effort. And that's all I can re request is to just put in a good effort. So you can get the Alvas. They come in the most amount of fun designs, <laughs> in my personal opinion. And they're $4 each. You can get them used around $2.50 to $3 each. But these get expensive. You can go all the way up to the Grovia brand, Thirsties which is like the super soaker. So if your kid is a heavy wetter, those are the ones to get. They, they range between $4 and up to $30, $40. You can get these custom made. It's up to you and how much you want to spend on this. I went with the cheaper route. I tried those out first and they worked well. So I did not see any desire to move up to the more expensive diapers. How many diapers do you need? Also a very good question. How often do you want to do laundry? <laughs> I want to do it once a week. And I knew that my child was going through about 10 a day. So I got 70 diapers, 7-0. My initial investment, and I'll share this with everybody, was $300, which sounds like a whole lot of money. But when you're looking at $75 to $100 per month on disposables just to throw it away, we already went through the cost. It was going to be around three grand per kid. To me, $300 right up front, done and over with. Didn't have to spend any more money. And my son is one now. I'm planning on another year of diapers, around two. We're going to start attempting potty training, so we'll get to that when we get there, I guess. But the point is, it was about $300. And then later on, I wanted to upgrade all my inserts because they were all microfiber, and he got to the point where he was starting to pee through them and they couldn't hold it, so I needed to get some bamboo and some hemp. So I spent another $75 on the inserts. So all in all, I spent $375. Oh, plus $5 for wool dryer balls. And I would say maybe another $30 in wet bags. I needed at least five wet bags because I needed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for daycare. And I knew I was doing laundry at the end of the week. And I got a lot of the wet bags and the large wet bags. I got all of those used. So I got them much cheaper. So I'd say maybe $400 like for everything, all of the supplies. Not a bad deal. A really, really good deal. Currently, I can't think of any other questions people might have. If you do have questions, I am happy to hear them and I am happy to answer them. Please go to my website, startingsustainability.com. At the bottom of every single page is a comment section, and I'm really looking forward to reading your comments on this topic. You can also email me directly at kaylin, K-A-Y-L-I-N, at startingsustainability.com. I want to thank everybody for listening. I really appreciate your support with this podcast. I hope that it was beneficial to you and that you learned a lot. Thank you again for listening so, so much and so much for your support. I love my fans. You guys are the best. You are wonderful. And I look forward to talking with you again next week. Have a great day.